What's good, <laughs> Oakland? Yes, we back up in this thing. Yes, we are. It's been too long, so long. Allow me to reintroduce myself. I'm Elsa. I'm Anayo. We, we are, are the, the Simones. Simones. Yes. It is April 2019, and we are back at it. Season we two. Back. Yeah. This is Wokeland. <laughs> Y'all know what it is. Okay, did you right. miss us? That's a must. It's a must. It's a must. I know y'all did because we've been chatting up with y'all all over social media. We were gone, but we weren't really gone because we were like, we were really keeping in touch with you guys, saying what's up. Y'all saw us in the streets. Mm-hmm. We out here. You know been what I'm saying? Out here. But uh, yeah, season two, we back. Did you think that when we first started this podcast, we would have a season two? I did, actually. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I didn't know how we were going to do it, like how we were going to break it up, but I did know that we were going to be doing this for a minute. So mm-hmm. if not a season two, then like we would be on like maybe episode like 40 right now. Whoa. So. Whoa there. You know. <laughs> wow. Everyone. I mean, happy 2019. Yes. <laughs> it's been some months. Mm-hmm. My goodness. So much to talk about. So much to do. Mm-hmm. We hope you guys have ha- had an amazing new year. Start to the new year. Happy new year. Happy <laughs> new year. Hope, you know, the year's going great for you. Hope you're being productive. Hope you're happy, mm-hmm. healthy, moving and grooving. Mm-hmm. Um, Anayo, how'd you enjoy your break? Um, I, I enjoyed my break. Yeah, um, I, bet I you did. I had a very relaxing break break lots of mm-hmm. changes um oh you know new job a new place um yeah shout out to now got her own apartment <laughs> i'm about to give y'all the address don't <laughs> okay just know well, it's in oakland okay but yeah girl i mean 2019 has been great i know how's 2019 been for you 2019 has been crazy mm-hmm. for me it's been good Thanks for asking. This girl's been out here doing everything. Don't, Anaya, don't do that. <laughs> She's been hosting events. Don't do that. DJing. Don't you know, just that. being out here. Don't do that. Being African and popping. <laughs> yeah, I'm tired. I need a, I need a break for the break. Right. How does that, like, do you get what I'm saying? I mean, it's been months now. So I think, I think it's time for us to come back. So, you know what I'm saying? F your brain. Right. Okay. So here we are. Um, yes. Hope y'all ready for season two. We have so much in store. We're so ready to get back and like just start talking to y'all, talking to the people again, like getting our, getting these dope ass interviews, dope like conversations yes. out in the world. Continuing to build with you guys, yes. telling these stories, mm-hmm. sharing experiences. You exactly. know, we want to talk about what's hot in these streets, mm-hmm. what we are as, as, as the community of Wokeland, what we're all going through, what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. We're here for you. Yes. That's what we're here for. We're here for you. So, I mean, welcome to season two. Here we are. Episode one. Yay. Okay. Stay tuned. Let them know it's time now. Let them know it's time now. Push a hard line now. All about the grind now. Money on my mind now. Never will it die down. Never will it die down. Let them know it's time now. Let them know it's time now. Push a hard line now. All about the grind now. Money on my mind now. Never will it die down. Never will it die down. Let them know it's time now. <laughs> so we put out a call on our IG stories and we're just like, hey. How would y'all feel about us, you know, answering your questions, um, responding to your emails, letters on the episode live? Well, not technically live, but, you know, answering y'all's questions on the episode in a segment called Dear Dear Simones. Okay. So, so walk with us. Okay. We got a letter and (laughs) a letter, (laughs) not a letter, though. We got a letter. We got we got a DM. Okay. But but go with us. It's a letter. Yeah, we got a couple, but this one we thought we wanted to touch on, especially because this has been this is something that's super um, recent and all over the news. And when it hit, mm-hmm. all the media circuits like went crazy over this. So right. it said, "Dear Simone, what's your take on the college admissions scandal? Mm. What do you think should be the outcome for the parents, school, faculty members, students, etc." How does this relate to affirmative action? Because uh, the tea is hot, honey. Mm-hmm. It it's sure piping is. Hot. It's so hot. And for those of y'all who <laughs> don't know the story, I mean, long story short, there was a group of uh, celebrity parents, um, uh, high earning 
well-known parents, people in the entertainment industry. in the entertainment industry who basically like they had children that they wanted to get into these Ivy League colleges, Harvard, Yale, Princeton, etc. Um, so they basically were bribing the colleges to admit their students into the school. So paying them, how much was it? Like $500,000. To get into USC, and I'm sorry, USC I'm sure is a great institution, <laughs> but no one should pay that kind of money to get their child into USC. Caveat, Elsa. No, no, you love USC. I actually, yeah. And, yeah. and to be fair, I am a huge Trojans fan and yeah. historically have always been. Mm-hmm. But 500K to send your child, this right. isn't MIT we're talking about. This right, is right. USC. Yeah, yeah. But anyway. And, and, you know, also Harvard and all them. But yeah, to put them on like, so the caveat, the caveat was we'll pay you, give them like a scholarship to be on the rowing team, and that's how they're going to get into the college. So it's this huge scandal that basically got, they got found out and a bunch of, Bunch of rich white celebrity. Well, they're they're more like D list people, but they're all implicated. That's not fair. They were like B B C. <laughs> they're not A. Okay, <laughs> like if you read their name, you probably wouldn't know them. But in any case, they're white. They're rich, and they wanted their kids to get into college, so hmm. they used their whiteness and their richness to do just that. Hmm. So interesting. What is your take on this? It's so funny because there was a national debate as to what should happen to the students, the kids themselves, mm-hmm. right? And I think one of the the daughters who's in at USC actually, whose mom paid five hundred that five hundred thousand dollars to this guy who was facilitating this whole process. Oh yeah, there was like a middle. There was a middleman. Yeah, that was like yeah. Making it all happen. Such a smart business choice, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so they were saying that there was footage of this young woman on YouTube saying, like, you know, I don't really like going to school anyway and i feel like a lot of people were attacking her Mm -hmm. she said that after the whole thing no she said that i think like her first year into college or whatever a lot of people are like focusing their attention on these kids Mm -hmm. and and sure while i think um there should be some kind of like uh consequence to this i don't think they should be the the kids should be reprimanded for something that their parents did especially if they don't know that their parents did it so there was a whole national debate on should these kids that are in these colleges be able to graduate and if they graduated already there was also the question of should their um, diplomas be like retracted Mm -hmm. or should they no longer be like credited Mm -hmm. and I'm like let these kids just finish out yeah. Their term. Because first of all, it's already embarrassing. I don't sympathize. Em- uh, yeah. I don't, but, first and foremost, I'm not sympathizing. Right. But I'm saying. But if, for the children. It's for the like, children. If you didn't know your parents, parents did burden this. parents' that they have to carry. You know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Especially if you didn't know. Right. If you didn't know that your parents paid this much money to get you into these schools. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, it's devastating. The, the idea of it is already devastating enough to know that, you, A, your parents didn't think you could do it on your own merits. Right. Which I'm like, what? Y'all got money for tutors. Right. What? Some of them had. But also, like, if I'm a multimillionaire, mm-hmm. I'm not pressed if my kid goes to college. Yeah. First, But that's me. Secondly, though, I'm not pressed about them going to. A, I'm looking at alternatives. Like my kid, I can put them in tutoring. I can. They can go to a community college. Mm-hmm. They can like bolster their GPA if that was a problem. Yeah. And they can get to USC eventually. You don't need to build NASA <laughs> rockets to be able to go to USC. Is yeah. all that I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. it's all attainable. Yeah. Um. But it's also like I would say about perception. Um. So with a lot of these people, like even though yes, they have the money to basically set their children up for life, and their children can just basically start a business or join the family business or whatever the kids are good like why do all this to get them into college but it's the perception when it comes to these people it's like my kid went to harvard and when you're in a community where you have to keep up with the joneses and this person's kid is going to princeton this person is going to oxford and this person is going here it's like you know i'm gonna do what i gotta do to get my kid there and it's not even about the children. It's really just about the parents and, like, their selfish sure. desire. And their ability to say, oh, yeah, my child is at, mm-hmm. you know. And Literally a, just to be able to say that sentence. Right. And that's a conversation, I think, uh, another conversation that we can deep dive in, and not today, about just, <laughs> right. like, institutions, the the privatization and the profitization yeah. of these institutions, of education. Child. And even the, our public school systems, mm-hmm. you know. But to answer this this question, you know, I think I think the parents and all of the faculty 
and coaches and teach uh, and administrators involved, mm-hmm. yeah, should see the should see any kind of judicious yeah. um, sentencing or anything like that. Like if if you are racketeering, if you're embezzling, like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's the it's, it's illegal. The law. It's illegal. It's the law. So you should do your time. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I agree with the kids. I feel like. At this point, they're in school. At this point, they're probably getting shamed all up and down campus. If they're performing well, just let them stay. Now, if, so wait, what if they weren't performing well? What does that mean? I mean, if you're not performing well in college, usually like you go through some sort of probation period, suspension, mm-hmm. something. So that's just going to happen naturally. But if you're like, you know, if they're there, they're performing at a decent level, de- decent is subjective. They've managed, even though their parents kind of put them there, um... And they've managed to still get through and navigate. I feel like they should just be able to finish because it wasn't their fault. And like Elsa said, if they didn't know. Um, but yeah, the the parents, the faculty, the schools, shame on y'all. <laughs> and I hope Crazy. the little 500000 you pay ends up being millions in court so <laughs> she said the little 500000 <laughs> right you think it's because you know that was little to them shoot I don't think that it was, was little to that them. was a little chump change. Um, and then affirmative action, like it's it's just funny because the irony. It's just, it's literally ironic as hell. Um, and like you know, we don't have that much time to go too deep into it. But just when you think about how black parents are out here, literally just trying to, there are black parents out here literally t- uh, putting different addresses on their school forms just to make sure that their kids are going to a better to a better school and mm. getting reprimanded for it going to jail for it, getting in trouble for it, their kids being pulled out of school for it. Um, Obviously, like we talk about college and the whole thing of, you know, when blacks get into college, um, there's black students out here who have gotten into like five, six, seven, ten colleges. And it's like, oh, it's because he's black and they wanted to give him a scholarship because, you know, of his skin tone, of his race. Um, Meanwhile, you know, we are earning it on merit and you guys are out here paying and bribing to get into these prestigious colleges, but we get the flack. Mm-hmm. So it's a double standard. And we all know, we all know that our lives as black people is a double standard. I just think it's interesting that something like affirmative action, like if it, if it has to exist, mm-hmm. then A, that should tell you, right, that there is a need to favor certain communities that have been previously and historically discriminated against. And yeah. that's why these things are... Uh, instituted in these in these institutions to get to have better representation mm-hmm. of these communities into these schools. Right here, you are just throwing money. Mm-hmm. So even when we have things that are supposed to help us, like affirmative action, yeah, we still find out that oh wait, <laughs> all, all you had to do was write a little check, was write a check, and just sneak your uh, child right uh, right on in. So it's a shame, but. I mean, I don't think Anaya or I am are surprised that you know, for the almighty dollar, you you can you can literally buy anything, and people will do anything to mm-hmm. obtain it. So, it's it's a sad reality, but it's the world that we live in. So, shame on everyone involved. Hopefully, those kids mm-hmm. can get through those years and yeah. learn a lesson themselves. And this is a great, I think, this lesson. Is a great lesson in in privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, that is that is that, that they can't es- escape. That right. they cannot escape. Mm-hmm. And you think of these days, like all the things you don't even gotta go to college no more. You could just just stumble on a little idea and just start that shit when your your parents already got money. So they're such scammers. Like, and did you what? see how they doctored the photo of um like <laughs> no. some like what was it? Oh, water the, like, polo rowing or, or rowing somebody yeah. named water. They, I saw um, that. Doctored the photo. They doctored them into the like team photo. Like uh uh-uh. uh scam. Literally a scam. By a scheduled and planned scam. Outrageous. So that was our first year, Simone. How that did was, that feel? It was, actually. I mean, I like that. Yeah. I mean, so thanks you. uh, Thank you to our our listener that asked the question. If you guys would like us to talk about something or answer something um, on an episode in our Dear Simone segment, you know where to find us. Hit us up on uh, Instagram or email Wokeland Podcast um, or what's our email? Wokeland at gmail.com. Wokeland at gmail.com. Yes. So, yeah. And it could be on anything like 
it could be on this type of stuff, entertainment, it could be any sort of personal issues you're dealing with, any anything, we are down to talk about it. And it's all anonymous, so. Yes. We good. Don't be scared. Yeah. Whenever will it die down, let them know it's time now. How far do I really take it? How long do I stay humble? How long do I stay gracious? How long do I stay patient for people I lost faith in? Because I think it's about time that I check false statements. Think it's about time that I flex my own greatness. Because I did it by myself. I deserve all praises. I'm breaking out the box, avoiding all the cages. I'm still right here to everyone's amazement. Okay, so we're back. <laughs> And real quick, we want to give a special shout out to B.B. Hendrix for giving us the green light on premiering his song. Let him know it's time now. Let Let him know know it's time now. now. Yes. And he is a Bay Area-based artist. Um, His music is available on all platforms. So check him out. That's B.B. Hendrix. B-E-B-E. Hendrix, like Jimi Hendrix. Ooh, shit is fire. So get there. Um, Okay. Yeah. So today... (laughs) On today's season premiere of Wokeland, mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about a topic that is very um, contentious. Controversial. Convoluted. Oh my God, yes. Complex. Give me another C word, yes. Complex. Complex. Um, um, those are the C words <laughs> we have. So, yes, it is all those things. And we wanted to open this season with this because a lot of people, um, when we posed a question on Instagram, had a lot to say about it. And we're talking about the N-word. Yeah. We got to get into some things. Yes. We got to get into it. We got to get into it. I think this is something that we've all, as I think as black people, have thought about. And maybe, I mean, it's part of our black, I think, identity and black experience that we all share. So Mm -hmm. I want to know. You wanted to know. We kind of have similar takes on this. So Mm -hmm. we have a special guest today. Um, who's going to chime in and give us his opinion on it and see <laughs> see where what we can come out of, what we can get out of this conversation. Yes. So we have the one and only Mr. Repo One here Repo today. One. What's up, my ninja? <laughs> right. Yes, right. exactly. Precisely. Um, and if you guys don't remember, we had Repo One on our very first episode. Oh, shit. Last season. Yes. Talking about Oakland and its evolution and all the things that are happening. So we're super happy to have you back. Oh, yeah. It only makes he, sense he's back on right. our it's premiere full circle. episode. It's full circle in this thing. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> so where do we begin? Okay, so Rifa, do you say the N-word? The N-word, as in nincompoop. <laughs> as in nincompoop, as in ninja, as in... Well, um... I prefer yes. to use the patch for the N-word if I feel I got to go there. And that is my ninja. <laughs> and even that has some limitations, you know. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Anayo, do you say the N-word? I do say the N-word. Um, I, I say it when I'm talking to black people that I am comfortable with. So I don't say it to everybody. Um, but when I'm comfortable with you, when you're my friend, when we're cool, and maybe I've heard you say it, because, you know, not everyone is right, cool with it. Right, that's a good point. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, I don't know. Okay, you said it. Okay, cool. Then I'll, I say it regularly after okay. that. <laughs> okay. I think that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, I just realized we weren't cool. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, Reba. Well, Reba, trust me. It'll, I'll, you don't just, need me to call you the N-word right. on this episode. And she was probably so. still figuring you out. And that's good that she didn't because you don't use the word. Exactly. Well, so I haven't heard you say it, so I haven't it, said it. There you go. I've <laughs> been on my best behavior. <laughs> and I think I... I I use the word same as you. I think I use it a little bit more loosely than you, but it's mm-hmm. always with like people that I'm comfortable with, people that I know. Yeah. Um, I may slip up here and there, but it's always to black people. Right. Always to black people. And I think that's very important to note mm-hmm. because I think as Bay Area natives, we hear, we're hearing this word used so often by non-black people. Yes. Just all the time. Loosely, regularly. Freely. Off the cusp, just their go-to word. Yeah. And I think part of this conversation is trying to understand where and why this is happening Mm -hmm. and how. Yes. And so one of the things that we post on our Instagram was, you know, if you live in the Bay, like, do you use the N-word? Do do your friends use the N-word? And growing up for us, like, 
we, you guys know by now we've grew, we grew up in San Jose. Um, <laughs> Reef is making a face like, yikes. Yes, we grew up in San Jose, if you didn't know. And um, everybody used the word, like not just black people, it was Asian people, Mexicans, like... I mean, white people, if they were bold, like, they would use it, but everybody... But they weren't that bold back then. They weren't that bold back yeah, then. Yeah, so it was yeah. really just Asians and, and Mexicans. Mexicans, yes. Yeah. And they would freely use it with or without black people present. Right. So, for us, it was n- normal to hear it, but not necessarily normal that they were using it. Yeah. But it, we would hear it all the time from people that were non-black. And why didn't we stop them? Like in middle school. Actually, in middle school, I didn't stop any of my friends from using the word. I didn't have a problem with them using the word. Yeah. In high school. That's where it started. That's where it's. That's where I started mm-hmm. to have the problem because I think I, because actually the high school I went to was not my home school. So the front, yeah, girl. I, <laughs> I scammed oh, the yeah. system. I scammed, no, no, no. I was in a magnet program. I did it legit. Mm-hmm. Right, don't be talking about business. I mean, I'm blessed. (laughs) (laughs) So the school, the high school that I went to was not my home school. So I didn't have these core close friends Mm -hmm. from middle school that, you know, I graduated with to come. Right. Mm -hmm. So everybody was new to me. Yeah. So therefore, we were starting over. There were no passes. No Mm -hmm. relationship had been formed in my mind and in my eyes to allow any kind of passes that I may may have given out prior. Also... I began to become a little bit more woke. Of course. Right. You know, a little bit more centered, a little bit more rooted. And I was like, you know what? No, I don't like that. I don't mess with this. Right. So, you know, everybody was getting checked mm-hmm. here, like on site. Right. Your checkbook out. I had my mm-hmm. checkbook out. I was taking names, taking. Yeah, it was a problem. It was a problem. I can attest. Because um, when I was in. Well, for me, I didn't really. I don't really hear people using the N word when I was in middle school. Or elementary school. It's for me that it was similarly. I didn't. Well, Elsa heard it in middle school, but she was cool until she got to high school. For me, I didn't even hear people use it that much until we got to high school, and then I went to a high school that had a lot more diversity in air quotes, and more people were using the word. It was cool for everybody to use it mm-hmm. allegedly, and so for me because I didn't really use the word like that. I didn't really know like. I was just kind of like, okay, y'all using it. Okay, that's cool, I guess. I don't know. So I didn't really have strong ties to the word at the time in high school. But didn't you have Asian friends who used the word in high school? I did have Asian friends. They were your Asian friends as well. Those were your, your ninjas. <laughs> those, were, those were our ninjas. Wow. <laughs> yeah, they did. I, I remember. But, but it would be like in like a song. So a song would play, mm-hmm. and then the word would be in the song. And they would say it. That's quite a contrast from my experience. <laughs> quite a contrast. From your experience. Yes. Okay. Why you say that? Timing is is also part of it, too. So, of course, I, I went to school in high school eons before y'all did. <laughs> but sure when it would get to a song that had that part, I'd be looking at my friends of color and be <laughs> like, yo, homie, you already know. You better hum that part. <laughs> right. Because there was a consequence. Mm-hmm. So... Out of respect, you didn't say it. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't that we weren't that familiar or that close because some of these would be some of my closest friends. But out of respect, they knew that that N-word came with pain. Mm-hmm. And so you don't just have license just to go use it mm-hmm. like that because you have the benefit of not having to carry what comes with the pain of right. being a ninja in America. Mm-hmm. And um, I think some of them, because they live close to us, and when I say some of them, I'm talking about Mexican, Filipino, other folks of color um, that live in poor, oppressed communities, can see we share some of the same things culturally um, in terms of our our conditions, but we also um, share some of the same pains. But at the end of the day, the anti-blackness exists Mm -hmm. in every community and people know we are at the bottom of the barrel and they Mm -hmm. are never willing to trade places with us. And so, no, uh, our feeling was that people do not have the right and the license to use that word outside of our community because it's even problematic within our community. Mm. And I guess we get to that conversation a little later. Right. Yeah. Put a pin in that. Put a pin. Yes. But when these, so I know you were saying when our 
when our when your Asian friends would say this. And shout out to these Asian our. friends. Shout out to these Asian <laughs> friends because I know they're going to be listen, listening right. in. Of this. course. I don't know why you're trying to deny them right now. No, I'm not denying them. They're my friends too. Okay, I'm just cool. Saying, I'm just saying your friends. But I got a question. I mean, was it yeah. the ninja Asians or just the regular Asians? You okay, know right, right, right. Uh, wait, why don't you explain the difference? Well, I'm just saying some Asians would be considered the N-words to other Asians. Yeah, you that's know, real. Like at the top of the cast, you, you got the Chinese and Japanese. And mm. then maybe later the Koreans. And after that, all the Southeast Asian type folks, them is the N-words of Asians. And okay. let's, and that's actually, that's a good call out because in the I feel like that's so specific to the Bay. Like the levels of, like I remember in high school, we would call certain Asians like ghetto Asians, which is like, super, I don't know, derogatory. But that's what we would call them. Like, it'd be like, okay, y'all are the ghetto Asians. And they would happily embrace that. Like, they were the ones who were, like, you know, kind of raised uh, kind of similarly to mm-hmm. um, us as black or African people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were, like, you know, just Asians that were, like, you know, they were just Asians. So... I never used that term. And I actually have not... I don't know. If, maybe I haven't... You've heard it. You've maybe heard I've it. heard it. You've maybe heard I've it. heard it. Yeah. But, but that's normal and for each community mm-hmm. to kind of embrace ironically a derogatory term or word or phrase or stereotype yeah. right that is imposed on them by society so mm-hmm. if a quote-unquote ghetto asian wants to embrace themselves as as that mm-hmm. that is okay for them to do that i don't think it's okay for any other outside community member it's not okay for you as an african-american woman mm-hmm. to be like oh that's my ghetto asian friend oh, no, no, I right say that. so when we liken that now to this conversation mm-hmm. i don't think it's okay for them to legislate themselves either into this conversation of using the n-word i don't mm-hmm. care as rifa said like yeah there may be similarities in socioeconomic status or in neighborhoods that we grew up in mm-hmm. or et cetera, et cetera. but anti-blackness is real and you can never relate mm-hmm. so don't try to and mm-hmm. so let us use the word like why i don't know I'm, I'm gonna get off topic here in a second <laughs> but i guess let let's really focus on why do people really want to use this word well i think what i've noticed is like especially right now there's this want and desire to attach uh, people that are non-black to attach themselves to blackness as a culture and it's like cultural capital you know let's be honest like to be black culture like black music black food black style Mm -hmm. all the things all the trends that we create it's cool it's really cool language language it's it's like it's dope everybody wants to be a part of it and everybody copies it everybody wants to emulate it right but then and and language you know nigga the n-word comes with that so it's cool to be like, you know, what's up, my nigga? And like, you know, you, you feel a little like a little badass when you say it when you're not black. Um, but then kind of like what Weefer was saying earlier, you're associating with black culture, but you're not associating with black people and the black and black history and black, you know, identity, what it means to be black and to use that word now and what it meant to be black and be called that word back in you know whatever day civil rights era slavery anytime like you don't have that experience but yet now people are being given passes by other black people by whoever and saying the word because it's cool so i think and we can go deeper into that but i feel like right now it's it's cool to say it so that's why people are saying it Mm -hmm. can i interject yes i'm gonna bring up the the time thing again I, i would say we have to look at the fact that there was a time here in Oakland where people of color did not use the N-word um, for two reasons, <clears throat> out of respect, but also because there was a consequence. If you said that, you was getting punched in the mouth. Mm. It's that simple. And white folks knew not to say that because we was going off on them 100%. Um, don't even get the first syllable out of your mouth. It's going to be bad. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? If you say Negro with the wrong tone in your voice, it was going to be on and popping. But I think um, it also spills over, well, I think primarily it sources from how we interact with each other. Um, I come from a generation, well, the generation before me, 
is a generation that if you called another person of African descent the N-word, it was a fighting word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't that people in that era didn't use it at all, but contextually, it was a charged word that could catch you a fade real quick. Yeah, mm-hmm. using and a you, very specific context. You definitely could not say that to no elders or adults, you know, during my generation because you was going to get hands put on you quickly <laughs> because of our self-respect. Mm-hmm. But as the crack era... Um, the crack war, rather, was imposed and launched on us by the system of white power. It destroyed a lot of our cultural values, and in that, destroyed a lot of the the social norms that we had, where young people were more respectful of elders. Because now, this older person that you looked up to, you selling them crack. Mm-hmm. You have no respect for them. You've seen them at such a weak stage. You have lost respect for that entire generation. And so certain things that you would not have done to them before, now you are doing or you are mm-hmm. seeing. And when our community began to lose its self-respect, other people saw the guard down and just say, hey, you know what? I can say it. They ain't going to say nothing. Mm-hmm. What they going to do? And now that infrastructure was so broke down, I think some of folks... Uh, response to it, even though they may not mean any uh, harm, but just looking at some basic things in terms of respect has fallen Um, because people don't think about the source of the word. I mean, what's different about the pain that we felt, uh, that we feel now versus the pain we felt when white folks introduced that word to us during slavery? Like what's really different in terms of our conditions? And so if those oppressors are still over us with the conditions just as serious and intense um, in terms of our day-to-day life, I mean, the nigga uh, sting is still strong. Mm-hmm. But it's still <clears throat> still strong and still felt. Like, when you say still strong, what do you mean? Um, strong in, as in terms of its impact that it has on our community. I mean, the prison industrial complex is exploding full of black bodies locked up like chattel slaves um, and slave labor there. The type of conditioning that young people are getting in schools in terms of being brainwashed by the system of white supremacy, cranking us out into a bunch of self-hating robots is at its highest level. Hmm. You could get a better education um, with black teachers in segregation than you can do now in integration in Oakland. Mm-hmm. Got it. And so you're you're essentially saying... Our conditions are same now with this word remix than it was, you know, centuries ago throughout the the years of slavery when the original context of this word was introduced. Therefore, what is really the purpose of using it when... When you steal that ninja. When you steal that (laughs) in the eyes of of the system, in the eyes of the world. Same with the self-hatred. I mean, because it's like this. You could be, what's up, my ninja? In one moment, something go wrong. F you, ninja. It's on, ninja. <laughs> you yeah. got me effed up, ninja. I mean, it's yeah. like the, the, the hate and vitriol that comes with it is still attached to the word. Mm-hmm. We still kill each other, literally take each other's lives with that at the tip of our tongue. Yeah. So it still carries the same death note and hate that it did when it was introduced or imposed on us rather. Mm-hmm. You know, the difference is now is that the system is so sophisticated is that it doesn't have to kill you. You on autopilot. Mm. And so we will literally make uh, music that are the anthems to our death and oh. party to it while mm. we die. Mm. That's real. My ninja. <laughs> and that's when anybody says it. Because I don't think you said your stance on like... On other people saying it? Well, on other people saying it and then on black people saying it. I mean, generally speaking, I feel like there's a certain context that is very intimate. This should never be public and in and, and, and mixed company. When I say in mixed company, I'm talking about people that are not your close friends and family who are of African descent. Mm-hmm. But when we are uh, in public or amongst children or amongst elders that are old enough to be our parents, we should not use the word out of respect. And we should try not to use it too often with each other. But there are times where the word itself best expresses an idea. That's right. You know, if... if, That's that spice. If the police raided my neighborhood and they shut it down and somebody, and I was like, yo, this happened. And they was like, 
man, was the police tripping out there? And I just look at him and I go, nigga. <laughs> you know what I'm talking I don't really yeah, have to say right, nothing else. Right. Exactly. But that is a very intimate usage of the word. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. This person knows where I'm coming from. We still share the same pain on trying to break free from this nigga mentality. But it's not something that you we should just be running around loose. Our ancestors died over that. Mm-hmm. And if we embrace a different word, just real simple, like brother and sister, it's going to be hard for us to disrespect each other. Mm-hmm. You, you ain't going to see nobody running down the street going, F you, brother. Mm-hmm. It's just not sure. happening. F you, sister. You know. Right. And in terms of people outside of our community having to deal with that, I'll, I'll break it down on, on a gender tip. There are a lot of sisters that refer to each other as the B word. Mm-hmm. Just because they do does not give me the license to walk in a room and go, what's up, B? <laughs> I mean, yes, it, it, <laughs> it could be a couple things. And I can't speak for women, but this is just my experience. One is, yo, you don't know me like that. Mm-hmm. Or two, even if I do, that's a little too familiar. And where are you coming from? Because I still have to deal with the oppression of male supremacy. Right. That I can say, hey, I'm fighting shoulder to shoulder with you against it, but out of respect, I know this word tears you down. I don't think it's necessarily healthy for our sisters to be using the word. That's just my opinion. But I feel that it, but still, if that's something that they're doing amongst themselves and a contradiction they may be working out amongst themselves, <laughs> it's not my place mm-hmm. to be adding to it. The word is negative. Mm-hmm. This, there's still a male supremacist society that is beating our sisters down. And, and, and disrespecting our women. You know, I'm putting media out that constantly disrespects and tarnishes the image of the black woman. And so, no, out of respect, I'm not going to use that. Yeah. Right. And so then, how do we let these non-black folk know that it is not their place to use these words? And it's hard to do that when you're not the majority, right? Mm-hmm. In in where we live. I know you talked about Rifa back in the day. Like, back in the day, Oakland was... 40-ish, 45% black. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is no, I don't even know what the numbers are. We may it's be like, to like 20. 20? 20 about 20, 20-something percent black. But I'll tell you what, they got a 45% chance of getting <laughs> smacked two times <laughs> saying that around me. But but let's also talk about like the fact that because we live in the Bay and because we're such like a, you know, mix of people, like we didn't really talk about black people who are actually like, who hang out with, you know, a diverse group of friends, giving people the, the allowance, the pass to say the N word. So like you, I've seen groups of people where it's, you know, a Mexican, an Asian, a black dude or women, whatever. The Asian dude's like, my nigga, da, 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 da. and the black dude's like, yeah, my nigga. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, I see one nigga. One. <laughs> so what's happening over here? Right. But that's happening. And, it's us that are also giving those passes out. Yeah. So. And once you give it out, it's so hard to get it back. It is. Because the 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 culture that has been cultivated and created, this wave of like our generation of like, we are all one person. And right. we, we should the take away. The, we're the human race. Mm-hmm. And racism is dead. And all of these different things. Well, I love hip hop too. And I love black culture. And. Black culture is such a commodified market, but just like black bodies, just mm-hmm. like black black bodies. But it's hard for people to really articulate or really understand that this word being being the word that you like to use so much actually costs us our lives. Exactly. While for you, it just feels good coming out your mouth. Right. So and I've gone to concerts where I've checked people like I've checked Indian people. I've checked M- Middle Eastern people. In a concert where a hip hop artist was saying the N word, mm-hmm. period. I don't care who you, if I know you are not going. By the way, anyone listening, going forward, if you see me on these streets and you're not black and you're using the N word, check. <laughs> you getting checked on Quick site. Check. So I know what you're saying, Anil, but like, is it? So are you saying it's our responsibility? No, no, no I'm just, I'm just posing the question. Like, there's yeah. also that side of it. Like, we can say, okay, it's not okay for white, like people to use the word whoever not to use the word but we are just one group of people there's also like people black people who are who hang out with different folks and they give that pass and it's okay for them to say it around them they maybe grew up in the same conditions kind of like what Rifa was saying earlier um like grew up in the same neighborhood yeah um both facing the same struggles and so 
in the, their words, we're all niggas. We're all suffering in the same way. This is coming from them. Yeah. So <clears throat> there's those people as well. That's what they think, though. Mm-hmm. But like I said, the anti-blackness is real. Yeah. So, no, we ain't suffering in the same way. Uh, we have some similarities, and we may share uh, a common oppressor. Um, but it doesn't give people the right. Like I, Again, you know, I made the analogy around gender. Um, the black woman and the black man are suffering, you know, and we both share some different sufferings as a result of gender, too, because there are things that I'm targeted as just for being a black man in America. It's very specific to my gender. But understanding that, I understand that there are some things that are very specific to yours and out of respect I can't add to that. I'm not supposed to. And if you bring it to my attention, if I respect you, I'm going to mm-hmm. yield. Because some people may use it out of ignorance. You know, I'm sure mm-hmm. some people mean no harm, mm-hmm. and that's what their intentions are. But yeah. we know what they say about intentions. <laughs> the road to hell is paved with the greatest of intentions. Oh, but uh, we can sometimes, with our friends, pull them gently to the side and just say, hey, I know you don't mean no harm. And maybe I gave you a pass before, but this is where I arrived, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, if you gave somebody a no to a yes earlier in the day and then you change your mind and said no, you can't be saying you can't take the yes back. It, it, at that point, once it's no, it's right. no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and with this, once we arrive at a certain consciousness, we bring that people's attention, they need to respect it if mm-hmm. they respect us. And it's a true test on where we measure with them when we bring it to them because it's not just like, I want you using the N-word, you know, um, even though I feel like should be enough. Mm-hmm. But, it should be it should enough. Be. But people are ignorant. Yeah. And like like you said, the ignorance also, um, our community is full of it at this moment. So there's a lot of people getting passes. And that's a problem. And we mm-hmm. have to pull each other to the side. Like, hey, I saw you with your folks over there, you know, and you letting them run wild with the N-word. You didn't say nothing. Mm-hmm. What's up with that? And, you know, and not, it doesn't have to be confrontational. It could just be like, this is how I feel about the word. This is how I think it impacts the community. What are we going to do? Because this is just one area. Um, but even when we dealing with um, dealing with Africans in the diaspora and on the continent, so I went to the continent once. Right? Well, I've been to the continent a lot more than once. Yeah. But the first <laughs> time, time the first time I went, mm-hmm. um, I met some Senegalese brothers. They it was their first time meeting me, and they was like, "What's up, my nigga?" Oh, and I knew <laughs> what it was is that they were just trying to relate. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was it. Ooh, I could talk about. And that. so I, I came over. I embraced them. I gave them love. Told them I was happy to be there. They told me they was happy to see me. And then I told them about the word and what it meant and Mm -hmm. why it's insulting and why we shouldn't greet each other like that. Mm -hmm. And I tied our struggle into the colonial struggle they're dealing with the French. And they totally understood it and got it. And from that day forward, they didn't use any word with me and I didn't use it with them. Mm -hmm. They taught me how to say brother in their language and that's what we used. You know, we went from there. So I feel like as Africans in America, we have uh, also a global responsibility to our brothers and sisters in the world because it's not so much, even though this has been argued that we're so special, everyone's looking at us and following our trends. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because mass media and the technology here in America is so is is designed so that it's shoved down the throats of the world. The world yeah. has no choice but exactly. to see what they goes on the TV and radio here, mm-hmm. whether it's talent or not. Mm-hmm. So if we act in ass, then that's some of what's going to be from us, how propaganda works. Mm-hmm. Um, if we do something that's on a higher vibration, then I think we'll be able to see the impact of that. Yeah. What about those that you do bring this up to, to non-black folk, and mm-hmm. you say, look, I don't like you using that word. Please stop. And they don't stop. This has actually happened to me at work. I've actually had to deal with this a few times uh, in my life where I respectfully inform the individual that I don't think it's appropriate for them to use the word. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Um, They need to understand the historical context of it. And I understand that it's cool, but it's not happening. Stop. And they refused to use the, they refused to stop using the word. That's a That's deal breaker. Take flight time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's basically you get in these hands. Right. At this point, you get you get in hands. Because like Rifa said, like it's about respect. And at that point, it's about respect. they don't, they're making it clear and known clear. that they don't respect you and what you're saying or black people. And at that point, okay, cool. Then the respect is out the window. 
<laughs> Take flight time. Yeah, why are we here? But they were both men, so that would have been a bit difficult. Well, right. I mean, the thing is, that's why it's important for us to have community. Because, I mean, yeah. if they don't want to respect your word, maybe they respect these hands. Right. But the, the reality is, is that the lack of respect yeah. for African people today can translate in our death. Mm-hmm. And we are dying at record numbers. And even right here in Oakland, if you're if we're creating a, an atmosphere where um, the black woman can be called anything but who she is, and we got a Nia Wilson situation going mm-hmm. on, nah, you can't call her anything less than a child of God. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we definitely can't allow other folks to be doing that because what can happen when that respect level goes that low is it will cost you your life. Yeah. And that's not negotiable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the part that um, people, non-black people don't realize is there's consequences for us. Um, so while it's cool, while like you, like you, you know, you think it's cool to like grab onto our words, our style, whatever. At the end of the day, like for us, there's consequences and people don't realize that. Like yeah. they're saying these things like willy nilly and without any checks, without any like, you know, reprimanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and we suffer for it. Yeah. So... I do think there needs to be some sort of like, I mean, I don't know how we do it, but yeah, just some sort of like when I think we just need to do a better job as black people to when we hear these things, check it like immediately, because as it, you know, becomes a global thing and globalization is happening. And now you see people in Africa, you know, becoming westernized and trying to say the word in Asia, like. All around the globe, like this is what this is how we're being portrayed as niggas in media, um, and the word goes around and it's not being checked. Like as Rifa said, we suffer for it. Yeah, back here in so, America. So, so then that means that we need to have organization within the black delegation right. about <laughs> how we handle these things moving forward. Mm-hmm. And that may touch on what you were saying a little bit earlier because. I can't act independently because if I'm talking to a man and he's saying the word, I'm telling him to stop. Sure, I can I can throw these hands, but I'm also at risk. My safety's <laughs> right. at risk. So now I got to come back to the delegation and say, look, we got a problem on our hands. Right. Who's going to handle this? Right. So who's in the delegation? So who's in the delegation? <laughs> so I think there are a couple requirements of being in this delegation. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have to be of African descent. You have to be black. And identify as such. Because right. a lot of y'all out here mm-hmm. are black, black, look black as ever. Right. Okay. But don't know that you're black. Right. You are lost. We still pray for you. Though. <laughs> and I, I, I really truly feel bad for those kinds of people. Yeah. And typically, those are the ones that are actually allowing the passes. Exactly. You know, when you're young and you're giving passes, like, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But when you're like an adult and you're in your mid, late 20s and over and you're over here letting people talk all kinds of willingly about your culture. Mm-hmm. The like, culture that you yourself don't even identify yeah, with. Right. But that's, you know, also based in the self-hatred. We've been conditioned. Like even the, the reason that we use the N-word today wasn't like, you know, we're going to redefine the word and just use it. It was beat into us. Mm-hmm. Like, I would not be able just to walk up to you and call you by your name. I had to preface it with the N-word. If I called you by your name and showed your humanity, I'm going to be beat within mm-hmm. an inch of my life. And you might get beat, too. And so we were forced to use the N-word to identify each other, to relegate each other to something less than human. Mm-hmm. That is the type of torture that our ancestors went through. And as a result, they ended up calling, you know, offspring by force, nigga babies and things like that. Mm. And the, the, the torturous things that happened to our people in this country and continue to happen to African men and women, Sandra mm-hmm. Bland. Mm-hmm. So it's like we have to acknowledge that within ourselves you know how did this get in me do mm-hmm. i just embrace the sickness how did this virus get in me because sometimes we look at our present condition and we just say well this is me and i'm just going to embrace it rather as saying well maybe this is keeping me from being me how did this get in me mm-hmm. and what can we do from generation to generation to get it out of us you know what i mean so i would be uh i, I wouldn't be as uncomfortable with the n-word if we didn't act like it and treat each other like it mm. or and and of course most of all being treated like it by right. the entire world yeah right yeah i mean i think it's one thing for us to to talk about our internal struggles 
together mm-hmm. and among us. But now, moving forward, how do we handle that when it comes to other races or other ethnicities? But I guess to your point, you're saying, like, no, we got to get it together first before we can delegate. It's whether... bo- I think it's both and. I mean, can they happen at the same time? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Of course, an organized effort usually is going to have the best result. But even if an artist independently decided, hey, I'm going to go make a song that's catchy, that talks about why not to use the N-word and transforms it into something else, you know, in terms of people trying to get that uh, the, the energy across but not trying to be disrespectful, and it works, that's fine. So there, uh, art, there's some poetry, there's mm-hmm. so many things that we can do culturally to, to rid ourselves of it, even positive things to check each other. Uh, when I was in high school, if you said the N-word, you know, we're trying to get that out of our vocabulary. You had to drop wherever we was, no matter where, church, in the middle of supermarket school, on the floor, and do 20 push-ups on the spot. <laughs> and so it was really just to get it in your mind. And at the end of the day, you know, you might get swole. So it's not nothing that's negatively going right, to right. tear you up. It's just something to get your mind and your body all control your mouth. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Get your mind connected to your physical. and um, But also... The fact that we were having a collective community check on how we're going to grow together. So you want to identify me as your brother or identify her as your sister, but not the N-word. Right. And if you were struggling with it, use the patch, my ninja. <laughs> Ooh, this is, it's going to be a big effort. It's going to be a big effort, but maybe this is where it starts. Yeah. Like hashtag campaign to, you know. Right. Social media. Uh, influencers, everything, everybody, all angles. Because everyone wants to be a nigga until it's. But don't nobody want like right. like Paul Mooney said. Everybody mm-hmm. want to be a, a nigga, but don't nobody want to be a nigga. Right. right, and it's cool. But I've never wanted to adopt another person's culture because it was cool, even if it was at the detriment mm-hmm. or if there was any. And that's the thing. That's where the disrespect comes from. They don't understand that what what they're saying is inherently disrespectful mm-hmm. while they're trying to be so cool. And in fact, to them, I would urge you to like really dig deep inside yourself as to why you feel like you need to say that word to be cool. Mm. Although black culture is the cool thing to do. Black culture is not cool when black people participate in black culture, right? It's an Asian girl with braids or a Kim Kardashian with braids right. that's like, you know, the new hottest hair t- hair trend. Right. Meanwhile... Getting covered by all the magazines. <laughs> getting covered by all the... Every outlet. Every outlet. But if we have braids, it's like, oh, we're ghetto. Mm-hmm. We got weaves and we have all these things. It's like... Embrace who you are, love who you are, but don't disrespect any other culture for the sake of being cool. Right. I would feel uncomfortable saying saying any kind of like I don't I don't use the word white trash. Mm-hmm. I don't use the word like honky, and I'm not creating equivalencies here because they're not the same. What about peckerwood? I don't what even know that? what that is. Well, I just wanted to say it on your podcast. <laughs> what, what is, is that? that? You don't know what a pecker word is? No, is let us know because I'm about to edit it if it's a bad word. <laughs> it's, well, it's, no, white folks call themselves pecker woods, so I ain't like I made it up. It's like honky. That sounds like a deep oh, south. Yeah, right, it's like, like a some deep country, south, like bumpkin gutta, word. Gutta word. Just down the street. <laughs> Whatever that, I would never call a white person that. I would never say like, oh, you're so white. Like, I just wouldn't do that. Well, it comes with it. I mean, of course, just insulting anybody in general. Is, is being rude. However, it, the impact is nowhere near the same mm-hmm. because you can call them that however you much you want. It don't impact it them beyond just yeah. their immediate feelings. Right. Yeah. It, you calling them a honky is not going to gentrify their neighborhood, whereas their hate for us mm-hmm. and it being verbalized can literally take your life. Mm-hmm. A white woman can literally flag the police down. Her word can literally get my life taken. Right. I call her all the honkies I want to. I'm not gonna have that type of power. Yeah, you know, institutionally. Yeah. Um, so it's different. It's mm-hmm. not the same. Yeah. Well, I also wanted to ask Rifa, and I know you touched on this earlier, but to expand. So one thing that's happening as well is like obviously like the word nigga. Um, no ER at the end is seen as you know a word of endearment a positive like people put it on t-shirts people are like kind of selling it now trying to be like you know making it this positive thing and I know for you your thoughts are more so like either way it it comes with contention and either way it can kill us it's it's a negative word but 
do you think people's efforts to kind of flip it is kind of just like a moot situation? Pointless? Nah, because, I mean, there's certain places in the South, wasn't people just running around with the ER, just hanging on to it? Mm-hmm. Country white boy might call you a nigga the same way. Right. Sit down, nigga. I mean, it, mm-hmm. this not, it's not something. I mean, no. Yeah. I mean, I understand what people are trying to do in terms, you know, of the expression and, you know, black vernacular and such. Mm-hmm. But, like I said, it's about respect. Yeah. And folks that are around us, if they got respect for us, they'll stop. But the reality is, is that it's very difficult for you to get someone to stop disrespecting you if you have no self-respect. Mm. You know, because I'm going to tell you right now, there's certain people that they might use it on a regular, people of color. And they'd be around me, and they'd be like, I ain't going to say it around him. Because mm. he got self-respect, mm-hmm. there's going to be a consequence. And I don't necessarily, when I say consequence, I don't necessarily mean, you know, you, you got to get violent with people. Um, because there's just certain older folks, there's elderly women that I know wouldn't even hurt a fly, but out of respect, you know, you can't say that around her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think if we don't hold the line on respect, everything is up for grabs. We're still dealing with the nigga pain. We're still dealing with nigga oppression and it's become globalized. Mm-hmm. So this is the time right now that if we embrace our self hate, you know, that's a really negative chess move because they going for the game winning shot right mm-hmm. now on this planet. Self-respect. I think that's the, the key word. I think it's the key word of this episode. Self-respect, respect. Respect, period. Respect, period. And then I guess for us as the black delegation yes. would be, does self-respect mean you no longer use the N-word? Yes. Do we, are we, like, do we set the example? And but show. then I hate having to shift what I do so, <laughs> so that other people and mm-hmm. well, non-black folk can stop using this word that they were never supposed to use in the first place. But like, that's my gripe. Even that's my... If, but even if they stop, the N-word is killing us, just us. Just how we use it as a people. Mm-hmm. We dying. Mm-hmm. I gave the example, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. When we get full of vitriol, we say it just like that white man would say it when we want to tear each other down. And we go from zero to 100 over petty things while we saying that to each other, while we take each other's lives. But the white man come in our neighborhood, the police, and kill us with impunity, he ain't no kind of nigga and you ain't trying to kill him. Right. But he literally is the true definition of a nigga. Mm-hmm. But yet he has forced us down our throats. So I, I'm just saying that it's a problem even for us. And since we are the trendsetters of the world, when we show self-respect, everybody will get down with the get down. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When you carry yourself like a self, ain't nobody gonna, ain't nobody of color gonna walk up to Farrakhan and be like, "What's up, my nigga?" Right? Not even niggas in the hood. Mm-hmm. Think about that. No, that's right. Wherever he's going in the hood, amongst the most gangster gangster people, do they clean their language up around Farrakhan? Yeah, sure do. Right. Right. And not just because they're afraid of FOI, how would FOI is no joke. <laughs> but out of just respect because they see that this person carries themselves with some self respect. Mm-hmm. Even if you got contradictions, you can still carry yourself with some self respect. Yeah. And I think when we begin to do that, we will respond to each other different. I cannot be trying to go upside your head while I'm calling you my brother or my sister. Right. And even though we don't want them to use the word, let's not forget that they created the word. So, The people that created the word are still in the same position of power they were mm-hmm. when they created the word with our ancestors. Right. I don't know. I, <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, but that, that, I think that's something, honestly, seriously to, to think about. Mm-hmm. No, for real. How do we, do we stop saying the N word? In the, <laughs> I know we love to say it, but like I said, I think there's some private, intimate settings where you know it's it is what it is, just mm-hmm. amongst us and family. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I said, you know, you don't want people calling you the B word, but maybe off in the cut when it's just you and your girls and somebody, you like B, please, you know, yeah. and everybody laughing, it's whatever. Mm-hmm. But of course, y'all not trying to tear each other down. I think that's a little different. So it's not an absolute. Of course, if we got that level of self discipline, that's awesome. But I think in terms of how we carry ourselves as a community, especially the way we speak around our youth, the way we speak around elders, etc., you know, we need to bring some sweetness into it. Right. My sister. <laughs> my sister, my brother. I mean, I actually, like, I, it's a good alternative. 
No, I I love it. Mm-hmm. So people listening, um, you getting checked on site, right? If you're not black, period. Takeaways, um, you're getting checked on site. Um, you're getting uh, flights taken on, <laughs> flewed out. We taking um, calls. We calling the delegation. By the way, signups for the delegation are live now. Right. Your only requirements <laughs> are you have to be of African descent. Doesn't matter where in the world, just African descent, and you have to identify as such. Right. And if you okay. got some sense when you get checked, you can take this historical lesson and learn a little something about my struggle and actually become my brother. Hey. Because hey. that's so much better to be it's our so much be better. our brother, be our sister. Don't be our nigga. Right. And on that note, <laughs> stay, stay woke. woke. Nigga, please. <laughs>